You Do Your Part, I'll Do Mine, a So Powerful Parable by Dana Buck. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came on the earth, and Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds, and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark, as God had commanded Noah. Genesis 7, verse 6-9 What happens when God tells Dad to build an ark? And what trouble occurs when we think God is slow in keeping His promises? You do your part, I'll do mine. A So Powerful Parable by Dana Buck Once there was a family man living many years ago with wife and sons and spouses, quite like some that you may know. They farmed and planted vineyards, nurtured crops and gardens too, and when the time for harvest came, they reaped, then sowed anew. The man was always thankful for the gifts of earth and sod. He knew the very air he breathed was a precious gift from God. But what brings him greatest pleasure is the fountain of his joys, the fact of being father to a household full of boys. A father's love filled up his heart and squeezed it like a boa. This honest, prosperous family man goes by the name of Noah. His sons all loved their father, and he likewise cherished them. But these boys could be a handful, names of Japheth, Ham, and Shem. Japheth, who's the oldest, always seems to be in charge, serious and bossy with a voice both loud and large. He's driven and he's focused, always striving to be better high achiever, true believer, and the consummate go-getter. Shem, the middle brother, is a happy, funny bloke, always ready with a story or a riddle or a joke. He finds something to laugh at in most every situation, often to his family's merriment and sometimes their irritation. This brings us to the youngest of the brothers in this clan, unassuming, shy, and quiet, best describes the son named Ham. No paragon like Japheth or comedian like Shem. He never seems to measure up like a rock beside a gem. It's not for lack of trying or an absence of desire. Seems he's always just short of what the circumstance requires. Why is Ham this way regarded? Why is he judged so incomplete? Well, perhaps you would be too if you were named for sandwich meat. Ham idolizes Japheth. Seeks to work with him each day. He's trying to be helpful, but is just mostly in the way. Till finally, J. Peth's had it. His blood pressure starts to climb. Time to go now, little brother. You do your part. I'll do mine. Nursing his damaged ego with hurt feelings now to stem. In the distance, he hears laughter. And there he knows he'll locate Shem. Sure enough, Shem is surrounded by a large, admiring crowd. As he tells them funny stories, they all roar and laugh aloud. Ham has always wished he was funny like his brother. As the laughter fades from one joke, Shim begins to tell another. Why'd the chicken cross the road, he asked, a grin upon his face. He was about to share the punchline when his good humor was erased. For before he could proclaim it, past the circle someone cried, The chicken crossed the road so it could reach the other side. Shem could not believe it. As beyond the crowd he scanned, where a smile changed fast to horror on the face of his brother Ham. Ham had shouted out the answer, and he knew that he had blown it. 
He hadn't meant to steal the joke. He'd just been caught up in the moment. Shem pulled young Ham aside and gave his chest emphatic pokes. Now listen, little brother, in this clan I tell the jokes. No more stealing of my thunder. No more stepping on my line. Leave the comedy to me and you do your part. I'll do mine. Now the day was truly awful. What was left for him but pouting? Ham had just lowered his head when he heard his father shouting. Ham raced back towards the house like a hound called by his master. Japheth and Shem already there because, of course, they were faster. As they gathered round their father, he was acting very odd. With a voice of reverent awe, he said, I've been spoken to by God. The boys all traded glances, tried to cover their dismay, but old Noah never noticed he had far too much to say. The Lord is quite discouraged by the evil done by men. He's going to wipe it clean, and then he's going to start again. The skies will fill with rain, and from the earth a flood will rise, till the waters past our knees, our waists, our necks, our chins, our eyes. Their father stood there panting as his boys looked back at him. All Ham could do was worry that he'd never learned to swim. But the Lord has made a way, said Noah, letting hope unfurl, to spare me and my family from his judgment of the world. The boys just sat and listened, and their eyes with wonder filled as he told them all about the giant boat that they would build. And just when they had thought this tale could not get more fantastic, came the part about the animals, and Japheth just went spastic. We're supposed to build an ark, and this is going to keep us dry? We've never seen it rain. There's not a cloud up in the sky. If God wants us to build it, he's going to have to approve it. Where will we find gopher wood, and what the heck's a cubit? Shem said, I think like Japheth, this is nuts, this is insane. Two of every animal to bring in from the rain? Where will we find rhinos, cheetahs, chipmunks, hares, and hogs, coyotes, llamas, turtles, chimpanzees, and prairie dogs? Noah was discouraged by these comments on God's plan. He was about to plead for silence when he heard the voice of Ham. We should listen to our father, trust him with our life and limb. If God would speak to any man, you know it would be him. The ark that Father speaks of, I think that we should build it. And the animals will come, for God himself has surely willed it. These words made Noah smile and also gave his brothers pause, for they were quite taken aback to see Ham's passion for this cause. And they found themselves inspired by this one they deemed a waif. What Ham lacked in strength or humor, he made up for with his faith. Well, soon they all got started on the construction of their ship. Wood was sawed and hammered and went flying off in chips. Japheth took the lead and set a rapid pace to guide them. He was angry as their neighbors gathered round just to deride them. But the mocking and the jeering was the hardest on poor Shem, for the friends he'd entertained were all now laughing right at him. Ham was always busy doing everything he could to contribute to the building of their giant boat of wood. After weeks and weeks of toil, the last drops of sweat were given. The last board was now in place, the last nail now had been driven. Then Noah and his sons, their labors now abated, stood back and just admired this great ark they had created. They could not have been more proud if with ten million they had bought her. Now they just needed the animals, and they really needed water. They waited days, then weeks, then months, but nothing seemed to change. Their neighbors now avoided them, convinced they were deranged. Japheth's patience snapped again, and he called a family meeting. His agenda carried just one thing, the plan and its completing. 
We spent months in heavy labor, working hard as Santa's elves. It's now clear if we're to finish, then we must do this ourselves. Shem, you get the animals. Work daylight until dark. Round them up, and then we'll try and somehow get them in the ark. Ham, you gather food, for we must feed each hungry critter. Find lots of shovels, pails, and mops, and tons of kitty litter. I will take the toughest job, he went on to explain. We really need the water, so I'm going to make it rain. As if they'd felt a wizard's spell or drank a magic potion, Japheth and Shem leapt from their seats to put the plan in motion. Ham then shouted, Stop, let's talk, this turn he just deplored. We have to put our faith in God. Let's wait upon the Lord. But neither brother heard his cries. They ran their separate ways. Shem to find some animals, Japheth storm clouds to raise. Taking drum and mallet and putting feathers in his hair, Japheth began to dance around, throwing dust up in the air. He danced and drummed and threw up dirt for over seven hours, till finally he collapsed and laid exhausted in the flowers. For despite his frantic efforts, all remained arid and dry. There was no rain or drizzle, and not a cloud up in the sky. And as he lay there panting, he saw Shem trudge up the road. His hair and clothes disheveled, in each hand he held a toad. I tried to catch some squirrels, but I lost them in the trees. Then I grabbed a pair of donkeys, but they kicked me in the knees. I saw and chased a jackal, but I couldn't run him down. Every badger I pursued just simply hid under the ground. So I picked up these two toads, but I feel just like a nut, because there's no way I can tell if they are boys or girls or what. Shem sat down right next to Japheth, and they felt their failure pound them. It was here in raw frustration that Ham and Noah found them. I hope you boys have learned a lesson, said their father to his sons. It's the man who trusts in God who is the man who overcomes. He doesn't need impatient action to bring fulfillment to his sentence. He just needs your trust, your love, your life, your faith, and your repentance. Then Noah winked his eye at Ham, hugged his brothers both in kind. I believe what God is saying is, you do your part, I'll do mine. The truth that Noah spoke was clear to both Japheth and Shem, and through their father's love, they felt God's perfect love for them. And then a little miracle took place upon that day when his older brothers came to Ham and both had this to say. We owe you an apology. We know you tried to lift us above our vain and foolish acts. We hope you can forgive us. We're sorry for our selfishness, our pride, and our neglect. Know now you have our high esteem, our love, and our respect. These words made Ham feel ten feet tall and Noah filled with pride. With love, he gestured to his boys and called them to his side. The Lord will keep his promises to all who will receive him. His part is to be faithful, our part just to believe him. And as they stood together, wiping tears out of their eyes, the ground began to shake beyond the hill, the dust to rise. They looked up to the knoll where the road is steep and bending. They could scarce believe their eyes at what they saw swiftly descending. Elephants and zebra, armadillos, kangaroo were walking down the hill in perfect tandem two by two. Wolverines and panda bears, camels, moose, raccoons, porcupines, hyenas, alligators, and baboons. Amidst this great cacophony of roars and howls and barks, they scampered up the ramp and disappeared into the ark. The boys stood there in disbelief, their mouths agape in wonder, and grew even more astonished by the sound of distant thunder. 
The dust began to settle as the sky grew still and dark. With arms around their shoulders, Noah led them to the ark. They climbed the ramp and Noah paused to survey the arid plain. And as he turned to go inside, he felt a drop of rain. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be one of Noah's sons? There you are, living your life, minding your own business in the middle of the desert, when dad comes home with some news. God has spoken to him. Okay, God says there's going to be a flood, even though it has never rained before. Okay, God says we're going to build a huge ship in the middle of the desert so we can escape the flood. Okay, oh yes, and God says that two of every animal on earth is coming with us. How much faith and how much patience did it take for them to obey the commands of God? This in the face of certain ridicule from their neighbors. Although we may never be asked to build an ark in the middle of the desert, God still speaks to his people and does miracles on the foundation of their faith. Our part is to listen for the voice of God and obey. God's part is to supply the miracle. If we do our part, God promises to do his. Are you being called to do something that seems impossible? Day by day, keep your eyes on him. Look for the small acts of faithfulness that are ours each day. Let these encourage you to know that God will always finish what he starts.